Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest estates these days This representation of storm brewing Amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast I'm your host, Matt Chittam And this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better While balancing running with the rest of their lives Today I am so excited Shannon Booker is here This guy, this guy, my god This guy is unbelievable Un. Believable. I love talking to people like this. He is just, he is a lighthouse for everyone out there, including myself. And we're all just trying to come to shore. People like Shannon Booker are there helping us as runners and as people to uh, come ashore, do the right thing. And he's just, he's just something else. He really is. Not only is he a dedicated amateur runner, just like you and I, he is making a huge difference in his community in doing it with running as the foundation and building out from there. This guy is so special and I just want to get into it. So let's hear from Shannon Booker. All right, Shannon Booker, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you on. You are someone who is always filled with so much energy, and I am excited to chat because you do so much stuff. Not only are you a prolific runner, you are prolific in your community with all the stuff that you're doing, whether you're leading projects, uh, a part of someone else's stuff, or just like figuring out new things to do. It seems like you're always kind of like a man on a mission with all of that stuff. And I'm so excited to chat with you. And one of the things I was so excited to, to read about after I've known about you for a while and I was doing my research, you were in the Penn Relays all four years of high school? Yep. That is amazing. Tell me about that. No, so it's fun. So I uh, did the 4x1 and the 4x4. Four four. So the 4x4, four four, I actually got into it uh, by accident. I'm not even going to say by accident. So uh, the one year, the 4x4 four four was... Uh, on a weekend, well, the Pemberley's this particular year ran on a, a weekend where the seniors had their senior prom, and they're like, uh, "Coach, we're not coming." So the coach says, "Booker, you're in the four by four. I said, "Oh, <laughs> that's not my event. I, I don't do that." He said, "You'll be fine. Get in there." So I did it, and after that Pemberley, uh, my sophomore year, uh, I became a four hundred runner as well. <laughs> See, this is you, this is how someone would. This is one of those like you know those social media memes where it's like, "Tell me you're a runner without telling me you're a runner." This is like, "Tell me you're from Philly without telling me you're from Philly." It's when a runner's like, "No, I'm not doing the pen relays this year. I got something else going on." It's like no other runner in America <laughs> would say that unless they were actually from Philly. And they're like, "Oh, pen relays. That's my local meet." <laughs> yeah, just like, "Yeah, no, coach, we're going to the prom." So he had to move things around. Said like, "All right, you're doing the four by four. and I'm like, "Cool, let's make it happen." Oh, that is exciting. So what were your what, what were your times? Uh, not, not PRs, but like what was your normal range for the 100 and 400 back in high school? To be honest, I completely forgot it's been so long because after high school, uh, I no longer ran track. So track between track and football, that was just something fun to do between, you know, growing up and then high school. Um, so, that, yeah, so I I'm, so I, I can't even remember any of them times so long ago. But, you know, I was uh, – and I was actually a high jump. I was actually ranked number seven in the city for high jump my senior year. Do you remember that? Can, can you give me anything? Uh, I believe that. Oh, man. I wish I would have known that you was going to ask these because I would have been able to uh, look, look it up. I, know <laughs> I didn't know until a... 10 minutes ago. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, because those are things like I completely forgot. It's like things I've done. But as far as like the times, I never kept track of them because like I said it was something fun to do. And just in there like, all right, on to college life and being a grown up now. I love it. See, this is this is a great way of like seeing how someone approaches life. Like I remember my times in high jump times. So we, we did all the same events in high school. So I remember all of my times so well. I think it's because I'm trying to live my past every single day. You're moving on. You're doing brand new things. You're like the past of the past, baby. I've moved on to, to bigger and better stuff. Um, we don't have to dive deep into the, the Matt Chittam mentality here. We'll stick more with the Shannon Booker side of things. But that's exciting. Obviously, um, things were going well for you from a track perspective. Were you doing it because you really enjoyed it or is it just something to supplement the football side of things? Well, no. So um, from a young age, my parents... Uh, Involved my, myself and my siblings uh, into a lot of sports. So I played over years, played football, basketball, track and field, you know, any type of activity that the local community offered. My parents had us involved in it. Um, and it was once I got to middle school where I uh, really honed in on them, where I was like, OK, I just want to do football and track because that's what I'm really um, good at. And I, I'm actually thankful, you know, that my parents got me involved at such a young age because something that a lot of people would never believe is that I'm asthmatic. So. 
a lot of the, the running things I'm doing, like I'm, I'm able to do it uh, successfully because my body's been accustomed to being so active and, you know, I know how to listen to my body and uh, flow so that I don't put, put, uh, put myself uh, in a position where I go into an asthma attack or things can happen. Yeah, that's on that's on my list of questions. I couldn't wait to get to it. I'm glad you brought it up. So when you were a teenager, how did you manage your effort um, and just the, the symptoms and whether it was with medication or not medication? How did you manage your asthma in conjunction with trying to perform at a high level in these in these various sports? Um, it was a matter of just listening to my body, like knowing my limits, um, you know, just me being a competitor. I just want to go, go, go. But it was sometimes where I realized, like, OK, I need to push back a little bit. And that even goes down into a lot of my running. Uh, when it gets uh, to like certain heat levels, I know like, okay, I'm not even going to attempt to put myself uh, in that situation. So it's a matter of listening to your body and, and just uh, flowing. So when it does become an issue for you in exercise, what are some characteristics that usually trigger it and how exactly does it affect you? I'm sure there's different ranges of, of its effect, but if, if it is going to be a problem, can you set the set the context and then what exactly occurs for you? Uh, so for me, we'll typically have you begin to feel the tightness in your chest and then asthmatic, we call what we call like wheezing. So you'll hear it like within your breathing, uh, your, your breathing has changed. So that's when I know like, OK, it's time to to pull back or uh, in the run. So for me, like I said, having it all my life, um, I know like because, you know, sometimes you may just have a chest pain. Like it's just nothing serious. But I know a chest pain and OK, this is asthma related uh, chest pain. Right. So would it pop up more often when you're doing something anaerobic, like doing sprints and hard efforts? Or is it just as prevalent with long, slow endurance? Right. It's, it, it varies. It just depends on, you know, how I'm working my body. But believe it or not, like, I can't remember the last time where I really went into a situation where I'm like, okay, I need this pump. Like, I'll take my pump, like, regularly just as precautions, but I honestly can't remember the last time I actually went into, like, an attack or, like, a a serious issue as based upon, you know, running or uh, working out. Is that because you've become so adept at managing your body and being able to be proactive in that situation? And or is it a symptom of you're just incredibly fit. And by gaining that fitness, it also uh, eliminates some of the risk. I'll say it's a mix of uh, being fit and maintaining my workouts and also knowing how to effectively listen to my body and remain active. Yeah. I mean, I I know that's a scary thing, you know, when you have, when you have that tightness and the wheezing and I have certain allergic reactions that have have led to similar type reactions uh, within me. And and my cousin had, has bad asthma and I was able to witness it firsthand. He's one of those cousins you see a lot. And I was like, oh my God, he was always on like the, the twice a day inhaler, you know, like the circle one, the purple circle one. Um, And it was like all the time. I was like, oh, my God, this is such a pain in the butt. Yeah, so I was that kid in elementary school who, before recess, had to go to the nurse's office to take my asthma pump. Oh, my God. <laughs> so before recess, it was like, Shannon, you have to go to the nurse. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, you know, when you're when you're a kid, all you want to do is, like, have fun and fit in. And I can see that yeah. being, a, being such a pain in the butt. So with, with that being said, obviously you're – so in high school, you know, football – sprinting, you know, a little bit of basketball before that. And then you go to Dell State, which is HBCU uh, in Delaware. You go over there. When when did endurance running, I shouldn't say all endurance running, but that's what it ended up morphing into. But when did, you know, going out and running like this, the way you have been recently and, and for a long time now, when did that start to enter the mix? Not only because it was a departure from what you've done in the past, but also given your asthma issues, isn't naturally like a hand and glove fit. Um, so actually my uh, distance endurance running came into effect in 2012. Um, while I was living in uh, Florida, um, a colleague of mine, their department was hosting a 5K and they reached out and say like, hey, you should run this 5K. We're doing this. I'm like, I'm not doing no 5K. I barely like running a mile. Like I'm a sprinter. I'm not doing it. So she's like, no, I'll be fun. So I was like, you know, okay, cool. So I registered um, and actually had a good time and finished in like the top group. So she gave me, she's like, this. so you're telling me you never, do-. I was like, I promise you, like, I don't do it. I was out there running, like, like cursing everybody out. Like, why am I out here running these three miles? So I ended up, you know, doing another race, just say like, let me see, make sure it wasn't a fluke. So I did another race and finished like first place. I'm like, okay, this is cool. So, so I'm like, oh, <laughs> So I did another 5K, ended up finishing like, like, like first overall. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. So 
I just kept doing it and building and building. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so enter the second. So you enter the second five k, wondering if it's a fluke, which you must laugh at now. Like no one like gets a good time in a five k on a fluke, right? No one just like lucks into a good five k time. Um, which obviously you you know now you're a super experienced runner. Um, but it's funny what we think about when we're when we're new to something. And then so you go to the second one, you win the sucker. Like, so 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 what were you doing? Obviously, there's certain amount of genetics involved with this, right? Just like any endeavor, right? And you had a very athletic background before. But what were you doing before the 5K that even, you know, obviously you weren't training for it because it was new for you. But were you doing stuff on the side that maybe helped you along the way that maybe like you didn't realize, you know, before you started the race? No, beyond my typical working out in the gym, that was it. So I, I told people I approached it like this. It was just like Forrest Gump. I just went outside and I just wanted to run. So I ran. <laughs> <laughs> so when you see, so you're just so you're just lifting weights. That was that was like your exercise up to then. Yeah, I was just in the gym, my normal gym workout. You know, living life. That's it because I wasn't training for anything. Just because running wasn't my thing, so it wasn't like I would be out going for runs. Oh my god, this is this would be like a new <laughs> Runner's World article. It's like couch to five k, just stay in the just stay in the weight room. And yeah, and I, so I remember my very first five k time was uh, twenty three minutes. Gotcha. Uh, so I'm like, Terry's like, oh, that's good. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just came out there and running. So I went from that to now my Blasters 5K uh, is in the high 18s. Gotcha. Well, that's that's great, man. Congratulations. Yeah, so you're around Thank 720, you. 725 pace for the first one, which is um, obviously, like, really good. And then you how are you doing it? Like, that's not even marathon pace for you now. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's that's how I um, got into running and then um, changing gears a little bit. Um, so during that time of me picking up running, I, you know, start beginning to face some some some, some dark days in life, uh, dealing with work and personal things in life. And I found uh, peace in running. So in dealing with, you know, like my mental health, um, I found running as a, an outlet to get away from things, make me not think about things. Um, but the unfortunate thing with it, it became... Um, a negative effect on my health because as the doctor put it, um, I was utilizing energy that I didn't have because I was just going and going. Um, and I began to realize that I was running away from what I was going through instead of actively dealing what I was uh, going through. Um, so as time went on, I said, you know, I don't want to feel like this anymore. So I began to put things in place to really put me in a better place mentally. Um, and I began to focus on utilizing running to run through my issues rather than run away from my issues. So in running through my issues, it was, you know, talking to people, you know, opening up, you know, uh, meeting with, with the, uh, a therapist and, and really expressing myself and really uh, understanding my feelings. Something that um, I think everyone should be really aware of is like their emotional intelligence, really understanding, you know, when it comes to self-management, social awareness, uh, and the different things that you'll find within the four quadrants of uh, emotional intelligence to really understand your feelings, you know, how to process your feelings um, and how to react when other folks, you know, may say or, or do things. So uh, for me, running, the biggest um, gift that running has gave me is overcoming, uh, you know, the depression and anxiety that I went through in life. Um, and it's just been an amazing journey. And for me, like I absolutely love running. So for me, uh, when it comes to like training, I approach training as something fun. For me, if training begins to feel like a job, I won't enjoy it. Um, so that's why I, I get out there and, and I just, I go, but I go now uh, in a way where I'm doing it in a healthy way and not just running to run. Can you describe your mindset and mind state um, when you were running and as you put it to run away from things? Like how, how that changed with how your mindset and mindset is when you run now? Yeah. yeah so uh, before, like I was going through different things, like, you know, I'm just going to run. I was just running. No, no, we're playing. I'm just, just going to run. I feel good for the moment. And then back to real life. Uh, and it wasn't really doing it. It's just for the moment. It allowed me to get away and not think of anything. Um, but then as time went on, I realized like I, it wasn't helping me at all. Like friends would look at me just in there like, like, is everything all right? Like you're losing weight like crazy because, you know, when you run, you know, sometimes the, the weight just flies off. So I was just losing weight, wasn't really eating properly. Um, and I realized, like, uh, you know, as I put it, because I did a blog and I, and I wrote in the blog talking about my uh, 
mental health, uh, my depression, anxiety battle that one day I woke up and decided, you know what, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Um, and then not feeling that way, I began to put things into place to uh, put myself on a better path to get out of this this dark uh, spot that I was in um, and began to really run uh, with a purpose. You know, if I'm going to run, run and, and be smart about it, you know, don't just be out there going. Um, and just, and I think what really helped me is uh, really allowing myself to feel. So when I say allow myself to feel, um, being okay with being mad, being okay with being sad, being okay with, you know, however you're feeling. Because with me, as a lot of people know, I smile a lot. I'm always full of energy. And I've always had this thing that that's what everyone's used to. So I always have to be on. I, I can never have the off switch on. Um, so I begin to realize, like, you know, Shannon, it's okay to have that off switch on. Like, you're human. Um, so allowing myself to be human really helped me uh, overcome things as well, because I was putting more pressure on myself than uh, needed needing to. And I guess also opening up um, to different people. Like I remember um, a conversation I had with my, my mother um, about different things was going on because I had, you know, stopped talking to my, my mom. Cause like I used to talk to her like all the time. And in true mom fashion, she says, I already knew I was just waiting for you to, you know, open up and, and come and talk. So, you know, being talked to my mom about different things, um, I found, um, you know, solace and, and some colleagues and friends to be able to open up and, and talk to about different things. And that's what really uh, helped me uh, in my journey um, in overcoming my uh, the depression and anxiety that I was dealing with. Um, and then once I came to Atlanta in 2017, uh, met my run family, Movers and Pacers, um, and that was just such a big blessing because now I had a group of uh, people who had the same enjoyment and passion that I'd have in running, uh, which further helped me uh, continue to grow past the battle I was having. Because once I moved to Atlanta, I'm not going to say I was completely out of that dark place. I was still evolving into, you know, finding that peace um, that I really need to keep me going. So, you know, being a part of Movers and Pacers and joining that family was a, a, a big asset and a big help in, um, in me, you know, just getting to where I am now as far as uh, being more at peace uh, and being able to better uh, deal with, with things. Yeah, so it seems like you were using running as a tool before, but now it's like it's a totally different thing. So it feels like it feels a very different, while it may, it's the same endeavor, same activity, it seems like it feels a very different part of your life. And it, it really seems like it really enhances it in a lot of ways. And, and the community aspect, right? So when you were in Florida, did, you were pretty much running on your own? Uh, yes, I was just just running. Like, I, 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 there's no rhyme or reason. I'm just going to go run. There's a 5K. I'm just going to go run it. There's a half marathon. I'm just going to go run it. My So my very first marathon that I ran, um, it was a Wednesday. And a colleague reached out to me just saying, like, hey, I'm unable to run this marathon. Do you want to do it? So I'm like, sure. So, again, but for me, it's just like, <laughs> I'm just so going like to go. four days before the race, you found out you were running a marathon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so my first marathon, that, that that's how it, it came about. And it goes back to how I was feeling because it's just near like, you know, but running just makes me feel good. I, I don't have to think about stuff so I can run this long race and not think about anything. So once I came to, you know, Atlanta, um, it, I really began to put things in place and run to be a more of a healthier, fun activity for me. So when I look at running, running gave me this present of or this gift of being able to overcome the battles I was dealing with. So now in return, I'm given through my running to be able to help others because how what running did to me. So now I want to return and like pay it forward. That's great. So when you made that switch, you moved to Atlanta and we've had some people on this show who are who are well known and not well known in the Atlanta running community, but very active in the Atlanta running community. And once you're getting into that zone and 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 uh, really not just embracing the running side, which you've done in the past, but embracing the social community side. Were there certain people that you looked at like, wow, look at the look at the impact they're having. I want to do something like that. Was there some sort of either like a, 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 an actual mentorship or anyone that you looked at and said, hey, I like what they're doing. I want to kind of follow that lead. Right. Um, so I, when I first got to Lane, I was just, you know, just running. I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, a lot of trails. Um, and then I learned about Atlanta Track Club and the big peach, uh, big, uh, not, um, sorry, the peach tree road race. So I did that and I'm like, oh, this is cool. So it wasn't until, uh, the following year, it was, uh, February of 2018 when I found movers and pacers. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's a, 
a group of, you know, young professional runners who just enjoy the same thing I do. So from there, I began to make connections uh, within the running community uh, and build bonds. So I wouldn't say there's like one particular mentor. It was just bonds that I was able to create uh, within the running community um, that was beneficial and, and an enjoyment. And when did it go from it being about running to running just being a part of the experience and it becoming more than that for you? Um, so in uh, June 2020, when everything uh, went down with uh, George Floyd and everything that was going on, um, I was just like, you know, like, I, I want to do something. Like, I want to do something, but I want to do something that's not being done already. Um, so I figured, you know, what's a way that I can make my mark uh, that's unique? So I reached out to a buddy of mine who's uh, in the running community, and I said, hey, I have this idea. When it comes to protesting and doing different things like that, everyone's not the front line, rah, 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 I'm going to march. So how about we put a run together to bring the running community together as a way to create that attentional dialogue around what's happening and also do a run? So my buddy, he's like, let's do it. Um, so uh, well, June uh, 6th, we held the uh, Atlanta Justice uh, Run for Justice and Equality. Now, between my buddy and I, we figured, like, we're going to get a couple people out because, you know, we're in the running community. We know people. So we're going to get some people out. So we got there and we started seeing people arrive and more people arrive. So we just like, oh, somebody else must be out running today. So did everyone sitting there like, is this a Justin Quality run? We're like, yeah. Come find out, like, when it was all said and done, we had uh, close to 200 runners come out that day. Wow. And it was uh, covered on the uh, local news throughout the whole day. And then the target that was right there by where we were running it, the manager came out and said, like, hey, we heard about what you were doing on social media and we want to help. So they brought out, you know, water and little like granola bars and protein bars. I'm like, oh, this is cool. So this was just something like an idea of just to bring people together around what was happening at the time. Like for me, it was no plan of I want to create this. It was just something to do right there to bring the community together to really have an intentional uh, dialogue around what was happening um, at the time. So how did it, how did the word spread? Did you have like a, some sort of like social media out, uh, strategy there or like what, what happened? Like, <laughs> so this was a, another quick, so uh, my buddy and I, we chatted Wednesday, Thursday, we had a flyer. Wednesday is a big day for you for running, evidently. <laughs> yeah. You have learned about marathons, like, yeah. all these yeah, other so ventures. Fun. So yeah, so, fun. so it was uh, oh, maybe, so it was Wednesday, we're, we're chatting back for. And we was like, all right, let's do it. So we put a quick uh, a flyer together. He had somebody put a flyer together. So between our Instagram and Twitter, word of mouth, and our friends in the running community, that's how it got out. And then I was just looking on Twitter and different things. I seen a lot of people retweet. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Wow. So that's literally how it happened. And I was very surprised because uh, when I arrived, Atlanta Track Club is pretty much like the largest uh, running organization like in, in Georgia. And to see the executive director... Atlanta Track Club and his elite running squad come to the event. I'm like, that's an honor. Oh, which which runners were there? Um, so I forgot their names, but um, Atlanta Track Club they have like their their elite running team, right? So they're yeah. members from their the, the, uh, elite runner team. They were all out there. So I'm like, this is really cool because like like you see them at different events, see them on social media, but for the executive director and the elite runners to come out, that was an honor for me. And, and it was like, wow, that's it's pretty cool that, you know, it really got to them where they said, like, you know, we want to come out and support this as well. Um, and several races after that that I, I put on, the executive director always supported. So that, that it was just an honor that, you know, for Atlanta Track Club to be such a prestigious organization known across the world and have the executive director to be, have been supporting was um, a true honor. Um, so after that uh, initial run that we put on, you know, because it was covered on the news and a lot of people seeing on social media, People saying, like, Shannon, you have something going on. You should keep this going. I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I said, because that was something I did off of passion of what was happening on. I don't want to just do runs, just say I'm doing runs. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it around a purpose. Um, So Juneteenth came up. So we ended up doing a run for Juneteenth. And that brought out even more people <laughs> uh, to that event. We did that one at Piedmont Park. Uh, my buddy and I were saying, like, OK, we really got something going on. So let's really sit down and strategize and really create this brand because we don't want to just keep doing stuff to do stuff. We really want to create this following. Um, so we created a strategy uh, and we came we developed their name, Social Fitness ATL. And the name um, came out of a play on words. So, you know, everybody was social distancing. So it's social fitness. So, yeah. 
So it, it was a play of words uh, of a social fitness ATL that we put that um, together. Um, and our next big thing that we did was a back to school drive, because when it came, when we were thinking like strategy wise and what are some things we want to focus on? We know we wanted to focus on marginalized communities, education and the homelessness. Um, so we kicked it off. Uh, once we became officially social fitness ATL, we kicked it off with a back to school drive and with that back to school drive, we were able to receive donations from a lot of individuals within the running community. Target helped out again with that. And as a result, um, I was able to donate to seven schools here in Atlanta, as well as provide individual stuff, backpacks for uh, students in needs from pre-K all the way through 12th grade. So that was exciting. Wow. Yeah. So so that and, and this was what with limited resources and li- literally just my buddy and I just doing it. Was no no sponsorships, no nothing. It was just in there like, hey, this is what we want to do. We would love your help. So you you went from I run alone to run away from my problems to a few short years later being so involved in a group running setting that you're leading the charge or helping to lead the charge in these you know community efforts that are making a huge impact. And when you think back to that conversion, which is a dramatic one, Right. I mean, from a running perspective, it doesn't get more dramatic than that um, in terms of our connection with other people versus running for ourselves. Uh, what were what was the internal change for you that really, really like, I guess, flipped the switch? Not you told us about the external events, but just internally, what did it feel like as you were making this revolution of a shift in terms of not only how you were approaching the sport, but how you were approaching the community within the sport. Uh, so for me internally, it was Shannon, you're living your purpose. You know, every, sometimes people go through life trying to find their purpose. For me, like I, I you know, I was living in my purpose. I was, you know, um, growing up, my parents instilled into us uh, community involvement, volunteering and actively being a part and, you know, being a helping hand. So just give a, a backstory of my growing up. So my parents, uh, I like to tell people are like the community parents. There were always kids in and out of the house all the time. My mother ran her own child care center for over 30 years. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we had foster brothers and foster sisters um, over the course of years. And that's just how my parents are. They just are loving people whose doors always open. So growing up in that environment of helping and being caring, that's just something that's just naturally um in me to always want to help and, and provide uh, in any way that I can. Sometimes my friends say, Shannon, you're too nice. You have to say no sometimes. But for me, um, it's so rewarding um, to be able to help individuals out and, and, and see them uh, walk in their calling. So for me, it was internally, I said, like, you know, I'm, I'm living my purpose and I'm doing what makes me happy. Like what makes me happy when I can help make a difference in someone's life. That's so rewarding. Yeah, shoot, you're certainly living it. That's for sure. And it's one thing to think it and, you know, academically know the importance of these sorts of things. It's a whole different experience to live it. Have you, now you talked about before that running put, put you in a situation where, put you in a situation where you basically experienced burnout, not from the physical toll of running, but just the, the holistic effect that running and your emotional state was having on your body. What has been your experience with burnout and things along those lines now that not only have you upped your running game, but you also have a full-time job and you're taking on all these other tasks to say nothing of the stuff we're going to talk about in a little bit, like you got more stuff <laughs> coming coming down the line. How has your energy level and just your ability to, to handle all of these things been affected by the greater load that you're taking on? Yeah. So for me, when it comes to running um, over the past years, I was just running. Like I was running and having to enjoy with it. But I wasn't as disciplined as I should have been when it comes to my running. So uh, focusing more on being a disciplined runner, creating um, training plans and not just running to run um, really helped me when it comes to uh, that side of running and, and balancing out the house. So I incorporated swimming, cycling, yoga uh, and just taking some days off to just I tell people slow down to really see what you're missing. So when I say slow down to see what you're missing, a lot of times I'm on a bike or I'm running. And I'm going through the city, but yet I'm missing gyms. So sometimes I like to slow down, go for walks and just cruise the city and be like, oh, wow, this is cool. I always run past it, but I never noticed it. So it's just like really taking that approach to take it all in and enjoy life. Let's talk about that because you definitely seem like a man of action. 
uh, in a lot of ways. And yet I've heard you talk on, on another podcast and seen you write about and be interviewed about the effect that you know meditation, yoga, and prayer have in your life, which obviously are active endeavors, but are, are active in a different sort of way. So how has, can you, would you mind just diving into that part of your life and not only what you do in terms of how you engage with those things, but their effect on you in, you know, not just in the moment, but uh, holistically? Yeah, yeah, not a problem. So um, I was brought up uh, in, a, in a Christian household, um, you know, was always in, in church every Sunday, you know, was in our family church. Um, so, you know, that aspect of my life was something that's always been a part, knowing how to, you know, when I go through things, take my issues and, and pray about it and, you know, just leave it in God's hands. And, and that's how I, I, I flow. Um, it's natural to, to worry and have concerns. But for me, I'll just pray about it and be at peace. Uh, take time, um, you know, do some meditation like here, my where I, uh, my home now. Sometimes I may go out on the, the, the balcony and just relax, play some soft music and just be at peace with myself. Um, do yoga um, out here in Atlanta with um, Front Row Yogi uh, and my yoga instructor, um, Coleman. He's amazing. He's uh, what I love about um, his particular practices. We're not just out there doing yoga to doing yoga. It's all about a holistic uh, approach. Uh, and he really cares beyond just instructing yoga. The partnerships he makes with his students um, and the connections and the bonds and, and the atmosphere he sets really makes for such a welcoming um, environment from yoga that's, that's very healing um, and a great recovery for uh, running um, as well. And, and for me, knowing how to, you know, just slow down sometimes, because sometimes I'm always doing, always on the go, always on the go. So sometimes I like to just take a walk or go in the park and sit down, relax, read a book. Uh, listen to some music and doing different things to bring myself to a more calm. Because sometimes when I, I'm like, okay, Shannon, you, you're doing too much. S stop for a minute. Because even if I don't stop for a minute, my body's going to make me stop for a minute. So it's like really uh, just putting things in place to uh, create that that balance and, and have that um, that peace through like yoga, meditation and prayer that I do. Yeah. And I can, you know, there's a certain part of, especially the male population, you know, guys who are like, hey, you're a big, strong guy, right? You ran track, you played football, you still lift weights, you're a big, strong guy. And I think that there is a certain quadrant of the of the male community who they might be like, yeah, I can see how yoga and meditation would be beneficial for some people, but not, not someone like me, right? I'm not the guy in yoga pants. I'm not the guy who meditates. If I need an outlet, I'll go lift weights and I'll, that's where I can get my mindset right. If you were talking to an individual who was more of in that mind frame, not someone who's closed off or, or closed minded, but just like, no, 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 that's just for other people. I can get my mind right doing other things. What would you tell them are the benefits that maybe they're missing out on? Yeah. So someone like, like that, I would say, Clearly, you're athletic, right? More like, yeah, you know, I like the ball. I like to do this. I said, and in a lot of sports, it all comes from the core. Yeah, you're, you're right. You know, core strength is important. Yoga is something that really helps you strengthen that core area. Not only that, it helps with your flexibility and good recovery after you, you may be playing basketball or playing football and different things like that. So approaching it from a way where they see value in it. I can't, I'm not going to approach it from, from what I see. I find it in a way where you will find value. So you're athletic. You're doing this. You're doing that. A lot of sports require strength from the core. Yoga helps with that. You know, after you working out or doing something, you want a recovery to prevent injuries. Yoga helps with that. You want to make sure you're stretching and, and staying good so that you can perform at top, uh, top performance. Yoga helps with that. So when you're able to see the value that way, it's just you're like, oh, I never thought about that. That makes sense. No, I like that for sure. So <laughs> so we were going to record last night, but then you had to do a conference call, which was so much more exciting than talking to me. So I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> yeah. have fun. Have a blast. Tell me about what you got coming up, because this is really exciting. Yep. So uh, coming up, um, I'm doing the Hood to Coast race in uh, Portland, Oregon. So it starts at uh, Mount Hood in Oregon and run all the way to um, the other side of Oregon to the beach. Um, and it's a 199-mile uh, relay. So there's a team of 12 of us um, that Lululemon put together. So it was just an honor to be reached out uh, by Lululemon um, to be a part of this team. Um, and what they did, they reached out to uh, run leaders across the country and ambassadors uh, that's a part of Lululemon to really take part in this event. So it's exciting. Um, so we'll all be doing between like 14 to like 18 miles apiece uh, over the course of three legs. Wow. So it's, it's exciting. 
So are you going to be, what, what's the logistics of this? Is it one of like a Ragnar relay? Everyone's in the van. How does this work? Yep. So it's, it's actually similar to the, the uh, Ragnar concept where you, you're in a van um, and when it comes time to sleep, you get comfortable in the van or maybe pull over somewhere or find somewhere to shower real quick. But you are literally together for a little over 24 hours running, covering 199 miles. So did you know anyone on the team beforehand? No, no, didn't know uh, anyone. Um, but it's so funny. One of the guys that was on the team happened to be uh, a guest. He was in town in Atlanta. He's out of Boston. Um, and he happened to be a guest, he, uh, a guest where our run clubs are. Our run, uh, president is saying, like, hey, we have a guest coming this week. Um, such a, so we, I'm like, oh, cool. So I looked at him, I said, I reached out to him, I said, how cool is it that not only are we on the, uh, the relay team, but you're actually going to be in Atlanta today and running with my run group. So that was uh, pretty cool that he and I uh, got to meet beforehand. Wow. See, I'm, I'm a New Englander, so I live about an hour from Boston. So do you, what's his name? What, what organization is he in? So his name is uh, Sid Batista, and he runs, uh, I, don't, I don't want to mess up the, the pronunciation, but I know it's P-Y-N-R-S. It's his, uh, his brand that he uh, covers when it comes to running everything. Gotcha. All right. Well, people like yourself who are doing really cool things, getting everyone together. I can only imagine, like, forget the running. You guys are come like brainstorm a whole lot of stuff out of this. I can imagine like, like a year from now, we could, we could talk again and be like, oh, I did these five different things. And it all came from like the brainstorming I was doing at Hood to the Beach. Yeah. Yeah. So it's exciting. And uh, one of my other big projects that I have coming up will actually be my second annual um, shoe drive. So I, uh, last year, it's part of my run initiative and doing things through my organization. I did what I call uh, it's called the Soul Project, and the Soul Project uh, is a uh, shoe drive. So um, as runners, uh, you know, we often, well, particularly me, when I'm running through downtown, midtown area, often see a lot of homeless individuals with no shoes or shoes that are in very bad condition. So I said, you know what, I want to do a shoe drive because as runners, within three or so months, whatever, it's time for a new pair of shoes. And a lot of times our shoes are just sitting somewhere uh, in the closet. So I, I right. did they, the all, they all can't get turned into like doing stuff in the yard <laughs> shoes. Like they, some, right. of them, some of them just get tossed. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, no, let's let's do a shoe drive. So um, I did a shoe drive. Um, and in the midst of doing a shoe drive, individuals said like, hey, are you collecting money? I said, no, that wasn't a plan because like last year, still in the midst of a pandemic, people out of work. I said, I don't want to ask people for money. We're already in a hard time. So people said, well, you know, I still want to give. So people begin to give money donations. So when it's all said and done, I end up collecting uh, over 180 shoes and raised $600. Um, so with the money that was raised, I purchased hats, gloves, socks, and personal care items for the homeless. And what I did, I put them all together in packs um, and actually got uh, wrapping paper. And I had some uh, friends in the running community help me. So we wrapped uh, the hats, gloves, um, and socks. And on Christmas morning, I actually went out um, and delivered them um, to the homeless. So I drove around um, Atlanta on Christmas morning and I gave out gifts because for me, it's just now it's Christmas morning. Everyone deserves to get a gift. Um, so it was just it was so cool for me to be able to be out there um, handing out those gifts and those personal care items. Uh, as far as the shoes, I've worked with uh, one of the local uh, outreach centers here in Atlanta called Safe House. Um, it's an outreach center who does amazing work uh, here in Atlanta. And they actually feed the homeless every day, uh, seven days a week from five to seven thirty. So I went there, helped uh, feed the homeless and less fortunate, and I also passed out shoes. And that was such an amazing experience because here, for us, it's just like shoes that we don't wear anymore. And we're just, you know, whatever. But to see the excitement on individuals when they were getting the sneakers and then uh, Big Peach Running, who is a, which is a running store in Atlanta, they uh, helped out a lot with providing some, some shoes. And it was just so nice to see these individuals excited to have a brand new pair for them, a brand new pair of shoes. So they were excited to be able to throw the shoes that they had away and, and have these new shoes. So um, that was fun and exciting. So I'm looking forward this year to holding uh, the second annual um, Soul Project Shoe Drive. Man, you are just doing so many amazing stuff. You're such such a good person. I'm like thinking of my all, all my own personal failings as I'm hearing you talk about all the amazing things that you're doing. So again, this conversation is not over, but if someone is interested in, especially if they live in your area, if someone's interested in contributing, where should they go if they want to be part of that? Oh, sure. You can uh, check out uh, my Instagram page at socialfitnessatl. And you can also reach out to me personally on my page uh, at book1914. Um and that's why I do a lot of my, you know, philanthropy work and, and giving back. Now, when it comes to running, um, you can uh, 
check out Movers and Pacers. That's my run crew. Um, we also do a lot within the community um, as well as an organization. Um, and what I'm so thankful when it comes to Movers and Pacers, because every uh, initiative, every event that I had, if no one else was there, my Movers and Pacers family was there. So it was just so amazing having a, a group of uh, people who believe in your cause. And it's always just here like Shannon, whatever you need, let me know. So it was just like no matter what. I could always depend on somebody from my running crew um, to be there to help me uh, make a difference. So when I think of the success of Social Fitness ATL, I credit Movers and Pacers um, as uh, one who really helped make it um, a success and allow me to do what I've been doing um, here in the community. And I'm thankful for uh, my run family. And it's, I think it can be really instructive how you were able to do it, too. It's not like you came to Atlanta and you did like a 180 degree turn of like, OK, I now I want to lead initiatives. Right. Sorry, from a point of like not doing anything in Atlanta, even if you lived there previously, like to move from like not being involved to be like, I want to be I want to lead things. I want to do stuff. It'd be so easy, I would think, for someone to be in that mode to hear this, be like, hey, I want to do what Shannon's doing. I want to start this. I want to start that. But it's not, it's not it's not what you did, though. You went and you joined these other groups. You were part of things. You you were a member of the community and then you know, started, become, started finding leadership roles and, and working with other people. And now here you are, you know, leading different drives and being a part of others. And it's not like everything you're part of, you're leading necessarily. So I just want to make that point clear because there's going to be people listening to this who are super inspired, just like I am. And it's <laughs> going to be hard to be like, all right, I'm going to do all these things and be like, be totally bummed if like three people show up. It's like, no, there's there there can be a step by step process, at least at least, you know, initially. Yeah. So that's been my whole goal when in doing this is like, as I mentioned to you earlier, I don't want to do things just to say I did it. Like, you know, I, I want to do this. It's like I want things to happen organically. Like a lot of stuff I do is not just. Only thing that's long pre-planned is like my shoe drive, back school drive, things like that. But other things I want them to happen organic, organic connections. For example, uh, I partner with Front Runners ATL, which is um, our uh, LGBTQIA running organization here in Atlanta, to do a lot of different events with them. So uh, last year, um, and I look forward to doing it again with them this year, um, in October during you know the National Coming Out Day that weekend, we did what we called the Atlanta Pride Stride. It was just a, a, a fun 5K, bring the community together. Um, and they had like a guest speaker and it was just something fun um, to do. Uh, I did, you know, something called the uh, go and flow with my yoga instructor, uh, Coleman from Front Runners. I'm sorry, from um, uh, my, my uh, Front Row Yogi. We did what we called the, the go and flow. So we did a little run through Piedmont Park and afterwards we did a yoga flow. So it's a way of bringing like wellness and fitness together. Uh, so that was something exciting. And then, uh, unfortunately, you know, with the unfortunate things that happen in the Asian community, I have a, a buddy of mine, uh, James Rowe, who's actually president CEO of Atlanta uh, Run Club here. And he's of uh, Korean descent. He's a Korean American. I said, hey, what's going on is crazy. And it will be tone deaf for me to try to put something together. So I want to partner with, with you and uh, Atlanta Run Club and put together an event of run something to really highlight what's happening in the Asian community to really have that intentional conversation similar to what uh, we did, what I did when it came to the George Floyd situation. Um, so when I reached out to him, he was excited about that. Um, so we uh, put together what we call a Stop Asian Hate Run. And we had a big turnout from the Atlanta community uh, who came out um, and really supported this cause. Um, it was covered on local news. It was covered in the Washington Post. It's covered in like Sports uh, Illustrated. So it's like a lot of uh, runners magazines, so a lot of different it was picked up. Um, so it, like things like that, I don't do it just to get that note that, you know, notoriety. Like for me, I'm doing it because this is what's in my heart to do. Like I love helping people. I love, you know, when it comes to those marginalized groups and really bringing light to things that sometimes people don't really look at. Um, so that was a very rewarding experience to be able to do that and, and, and bring that uh, connection together to really. Uh, let the Asian community know that, you know, I got your back, you know, just like, you know, because I had a lot of like, pretend, like like James, who I just mentioned, and a lot of my other friends within the Asian community, when things were going on with the Black Lives Matter things, they, I knew they had my back. I knew when it came to my community, they had my back. So this was a time where I needed to step up and say, like, you know what, just like you had my back, I have your back. So we're standing together in unity for both of our causes and really, you know, highlighting and, and bringing awareness 
I love that. And it's like this, like these one degree pivots, right? Like I'm doing this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And you're able to like take the momentum from one and move it into the other. And with a lot of the same people and the same organizations and bring more people in at the same time. This is a really like masterclass on how to get this thing going over an extended period of time. Um, a lot of stuff we've talked about has been very community-based, which is exciting and certainly very fulfilling for you and has a great impact on the people that that you share community with. The shirt that you're wearing right now and the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was Black Men Run. So this is a – obviously there are uh, local chapters, and maybe that's not the, the correct term, but it's something along those lines um, in different different metro areas. But it is a national organization. So what's it been like working with Black Men Run? Yeah, so it's, it's actually an international organization. Oh, there you go. See? Yeah, yeah. So, so we actually have chapters uh, in the UK and in Japan, as well as all across uh, the United States. Um, I'm a you know, proud member of uh, Black Men Run as well. Um, so I actually joined Black Men Run right in the midst of when I was putting together my runs through the uh, through my organization. I, I've seen different members from Black Men Run come. I'm like, I definitely need to come out and support because every time I see an event, I see a guy in a Black Men Run shirt. Um, so I'm like, you know, I want to go out and support. So start went out to a couple of runs and I really built um, the connection with, with the gentleman in Black Men Run. And it's been such a rewarding uh, thing for me to be able to be a part of where that's now. Black Men Run is actually part of my daily run schedule. So on Mondays, I always uh, go to uh, with the fellas with Black Men Run and we do a run uh, on the west uh, inside of Atlanta at the Western Beltline. Um, that's exciting. We do runs on Saturday mornings at the Michelle Obama Trail here in Atlanta. And actually had the opportunity to travel uh, with some of the brothers uh, during Memorial Day weekend to Memphis, and we did a half marathon. So it's more than a running organization. Um, we're a healthy brotherhood. Um, and it's a, it's a focus on really, like, getting brother black men out running and being active. Um, because, you know, when it comes to a lot of health issues, you get older, different things like that. So getting out, getting moving, and, and fellowshipping. The great thing is about, like, our Monday runs. Uh, we're out there, we run, and then we fellowship afterwards. No one's in a rush to get home. It's like, you know, let's get some water, uh, let's get some drink, let's go get some wings and just fellowship and, and talk about life um, and talk about running. So, you know, very thankful and fortunate to be have uh, met the gentleman through Black Men Run. So I'm always supporting. So if anyone look on my Instagram, you'll see a lot of times I have my Black Men Run shirt on or my Movers and Pacers shirt on, uh, really representing both of the organizations who have done so much for me. I love it. I love it. Shannon, you are a treasure. You're doing so much for so many people. And I just love hearing about all of these things. This is truly remarkable. I said last question, but now I got one more. Because um, I have to ask, uh, yes, what's do. upcoming races? What do you got on the calendar? And I know calendars can be kind of crazy this time. You know, it seems like more races are happening this year than last year. But what do you got coming up? Yep. So coming up immediately, well, actually throughout the rest of the year that I know of, as of right now. So I have the Hood to Coast uh, coming up uh, next week, which would be the uh, 27th through the 29th. I'll be in Portland. I come back from that. And then the following week, I have uh, the Big Peach Sizzler here in Atlanta, which is a 10K, a Labor Day 10K. Um, after that, I'm doing uh, the virtual Seaweeds Half Marathon sponsored by Lululemon. So that'll be fun. Um, in October, as right now, I'm doing the PNC 10-miler here in Atlanta. And then on Thanksgiving, I'm doing the Thanksgiving half marathon. So those are races that are I have on my calendar that I'm definitely doing. Between now and then, more may be added, but those are uh, some events that are definitely coming up and running. I was uh, scheduled uh, in I was supposed to be doing the London Marathon this year uh, on October 3rd, but I decided to defer with everything that's uh going on with the delta variant and move yeah so but no because they, they moved so it typically was in april but this year they had moved it to october this right. year so was, right, right so i was okay. planning on going out there in october um but with everything going on where the policies change where you got quarantine for 10 days then you don't have to quarantine so things just bouncing all around so i said you know what i'd rather just play it safe and defer because i think it'll be more fun next year or the year after once things have calmed down a little bit so while I'm not doing London this year, as I was hoping for, I'm still going to do it. It's just uh, not going to happen this year because, you know, with everything going on. So I figure it'll be smarter to just hold out. And yeah, especially because it's so hard to get into that thing. London's like the hardest right. marathon to get into. Like once you got it, you got to like make sure it happens. Yeah. So so I, I got that. And then something else I'm, um, we'll be doing uh, more in the springtime, probably because I got too much going on in the fall. Um, the David Goggins uh, 4x4x48 challenge, I, I do that. Of course. 
Yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to doing that again in the spring um, this year. One of my did athletes that, did that this past year. Uh, one of the athletes I coach, and she had like she had a great experience doing it. She actually, she her last one, her last set was her fastest, if you can believe that. And I don't think she was the only one that had that experience. Right. So, so for me, it was a, a good time. And last year when I did it this past spring, um, I was raising money for kids with cancer. So I'm just going to think of a new cause to raise money for. So again, I should have known that I you've already things, done. You've already done everything. How did I not know yeah. that you did that too? <laughs> Yeah, so like like for me when I do things like that, I don't want to do it. Just say like, oh yeah, I did the four by four by four day challenge. Like, no, I want to do it for a cause. So I'm going to look into some different things um, to raise money for. And for those who don't know what the David Goggin four by four by four day challenge is, it's running four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Um, and that was exciting. I, I did it, and when I did it, like all 12 legs, I chose different areas of uh, the city here in Atlanta um, to run. So it was exciting, you know, just exploring different uh, areas, fun. Uh, running routes that I do or exploring uh, new routes. And throughout the whole time, I maintain like a, a sub eight. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, you know what? Why not just increase <laughs> increase the, the level of difficulties if it wasn't hard enough? Shannon, you're the man. What else can I say? You're the man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a blast and I, I, I really enjoyed it. Shannon, thank you so much for coming on the show. I told you. I told you in the intro how special this guy was, and I have no doubts that you are now on my side because how could you not be? This guy's unbelievable. He is unbelievable. Go check him out. He is on. It's just one of a kind. Go over to the show notes to see the links for Shannon over on Instagram. He is well worth it. And here's to all of us trying to have the same kind of impact in our community that he has had in his. So thank you so much for listening. Happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. Just representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.